Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Say Yes to Spirit, encouraging you on your spiritual path. Hosted by Leslie Moni and Tracy Brown, we want to welcome you to today's show. I'm Tracy. And I'm Leslie. Welcome. And our theme for today is L-O-V-E, love. We thought we'd start with a really small topic. (laughs) We only have an hour, so you know. Yeah, so, you know, it needs to be a really small topic. Um, but what we already know is that whatever we talk about love today, we'll have many, many more opportunities to expand on that and all the different aspects of love. So if you have a particular idea or a particular interest or a particular question related to this big theme of love, you are welcome to dial in and let us know, and we'll talk with you about that. The dial-in number is area code 347-850-1523. And first, though, we talked about growth last week, and um, last week you said something about connecting the dots back to the previous shows, and I always think that's fun to do to kind of look at the week and, and how I think about the topic throughout the week that we had talked about. And I remember that I did not talk about one of the really key ways that I find growth or can remind myself of the growth in my life is through journaling. And I love to journal, and then it is a really powerful tool sometimes to go back and read journals that I've written in the past when I've had difficult times or I've thought, you know, oh, my goodness, there's just no way this is ever going to work out. And then I can see how it just really clearly worked out for the good and that reminds me when I'm in this current struggle that my growth pattern, you know, I will continue on and it will work out for the good. And so and I can see my growth over the span of years because I've kept journals on and off most of my most of my 47 years. Even as a little kid, I used to write diaries. How fun is that? Fun so. or sick one. <laughs> <laughs> something, something. So there's a written document. But I think journaling is a powerful tool. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And we talk about journaling as a spiritual practice to center us and to keep us focused on 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 the spiritual mm, grounding, right. you know, as we go through our daily life. But you're right. Thinking about looking back mm-hmm. at where you were a year ago or 10 years ago mm-hmm. is very powerful to track growth mm-hmm. or to even see growth that you didn't realize because it's happened a little mm-hmm. bit at mm-hmm. a time. Right. Yeah, I've I've gone back and read poems that I wrote in high school and college. Okay. And, you know, been amazed that I even thought that way then (laughs) compared to now. Yeah, I've evolved, right? I would not. When people say they want to go back or they'd love to go back to, you know, their teenage years or their 20s, like, no, uh uh-uh, no thank you. You know, life was good. Don't even want the (laughs) T-shirt? But I didn't there. Great. So um, if you are listening and you did not hear the show that focused on growth and growing, just remember you can always go back to blogtalkradio.com forward forward slash YTS and you can um, listen to all the shows that are in the archives. And one other thing that uh, we talked about last week that is new to Yes to Spirit is our meditation broadcast on Tuesday Tuesday nights at 10.30 in the evening. Because one of the things when we were talking about doing this and trying to get people into the conversation about what is your daily practice and how do you make a daily practice and stay committed to the daily practice, you know, meditation seems to be the major thing in my life. If I look back, when did my life really start to shift to me being able to really hold the Christ consciousness day to day? It was really when I started making a daily practice of meditation. Yes. And when I look back, at how did that start is when I took the um, daily practice class at Center for Spiritual Living. 
and I got into the different meditations, every week we would learn a different way to meditate. And it was like, I think, the next to last class when we did a, a mantra with uh, the mala beads and we yeah. all said the mantra out loud with each bead. That was when I really got into an altered state of mind. And I've been meditating on and off for, you know, again, a long time, probably 20 years actually. And so, but that was a powerful moment and I had never heard about that way to meditate. Right. And so in talking about doing a show and encouraging people, we were thinking, how can we do that? And through meditation, teaching people how to meditate and being in a, in a kind of a group setting through the Internet. And right. So, yeah, so even if you already meditate a lot, I mean, it, the practice of meditating is so powerful. So, yeah, on, for now, on Tuesday nights from 10.30 to 11 p.m., we will um, do a meditation. And if 10.30 to 11 p.m. Central Time is, is just an awful time for you, or you prefer not to meditate at night, or you're in a different time zone, know, too, that we are leaving those on the archive, and you can listen right. to it at any time where you want to fit in a quick 25 to 30-minute meditation. And um, there's a combination of guidance and silence with musical background. So just try it. We'd yeah. love to hear your feedback. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So let's take a one-minute break, and then we will come back and jump into this topic of love and what love has to do with saying yes to spirit. to Say Yes to Spirit, encouraging you on your spiritual path with Leslie and Tracy. And I'm Tracy. Our theme today is love. And, you know, on the one hand, every show is about love because if we are focused on saying yes to spirit and how do we get out of our way, how do we get the humanness out of our way so that we can say yes to the guidance of spirit, really, that means how do you live in love? Mm -hmm. How do you live being love? How do you live giving love? Um, And so on the one hand, every show is about love, but today we're going to just play with this idea of love and see where it takes us. And, And my guess is we'll have four or five future shows where we deal with some aspect of love specifically as well. In the Science of Mind text, one of the very familiar quotes that students of religious science hear is that love is the self-givingness of spirit. Now, I want to read an excerpt uh, that's a little bit longer and puts that into context. Reason declares that that which is infinite, or God, cannot be divided against itself. The infinite is, therefore, indivisible and consequently a perfect unit. If I quoted something from the Bible, I might quote, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one God. This concept of there is no place where God is not enabled Job to say, In my flesh shall I see God. All life is bound together by one common law of love, and love is the self-givingness of spirit. Wow. So this idea that love is all 
that love is the impulse of spirit mm-hmm. showing up um, in all ways, that givingness, giving of itself, mm-hmm. giving of love mm-hmm. is is what love really is. And when you think of it that way, then it's so huge. Right. You know, when we think of it as in the context of our show saying yes to spirit, how does love show up? It goes back to the question we've talked about before, always asking yourself, what would love do? Yes. Yeah. You know, what would God do, but even more, what would love do? If love were leading mm-hmm. in my life, if love, if I want to be a loving presence in the world, what would I do in this situation? And that reminds us again that we're always at choice. We can always make that choice. And and I think for me that's the key to slow my thinking down enough to understand that I have that choice in every situation to respond in love or to respond in anger or anxiety or fear. And and when I'm responding in love, it's curious to me how there is just a natural flow that opens up. I mean, I swear traffic is different. You know, phone <laughs> calls come at the right time. You know, money flows in and out. And it, it, things happen differently for me when I slow my mind down and make the choice of love. And I... Um, you know, that's what I love to talk to people about, and I love to hear stories about how that does work, because I think we need encouragement in that, because a lot of times, you know, it's difficult to make, sometimes we think it's difficult to make the love choice, you know, because we want to punish, or I want to punish, or I want to make somebody understand they hurt me, or I want to, you know, how can you go off and have I a nice time? I want to get even, I right. want revenge, mm-hmm. I want control, I want, yeah. I want the upper hand, I I'm want right, you you're to wrong. like me. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. yeah, it's I want, I want, I want. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and as long as my, do we, are we, every show going to go back to the ego show? <laughs> yeah, that makes it seem too, right? You can't talk about love without talking about ego mm-hmm. and how it gets in the way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but every time my ego wants to be validated, you know, it it can become a a barrier between mm-hmm. me and the love I want to be. Right, right. And I get focused on that ego, and and it sort of takes over that that small self. I think can get into kind of control of my day. And again, it's a matter of me stopping my mind or or being trained in my mind, having some sort of disciplined mind that can bring me back to oh no, that's not the choice I want to make. Yeah. And where do we learn about love? Because, you know, I think at some level, loving ourselves and, and, and messages we got as a small child about love. I have a, a devotion that I wrote that, you know, I think I spent a long time looking for love in all the wrong places, you know? Is that a song? I think that's a song. But um, this devotion actually entitled Love. So I've been looking for a three-by-three three square red piece of paper with three white circles and one small green triangle in the upper right-hand corner for over 47 years. Long ago, I came to believe love would be packaged exactly as that red piece of paper. I have searched my family, my friends, my lovers, my coworkers, my animals, and random encounters, thinking maybe, just maybe, this one would give me the red piece of paper I sought. This morning, I realized love from another comes exactly as the person I am standing in front of offers it. It is my choice to receive that love as it is, or say no thanks, I'm looking for something else. But no one holds my red piece of paper. I now believe the red piece of paper comes to me only through my meditation time, during my walks, and within the inner sanctum of my mind's mind. I must give myself the love I have sought. I have a hunch God loves me in ways richer than any red piece of paper ever could. Yet because I have looked for it only in one form, I have missed much of God's ever-present, ever-active love in my life. I love that. <laughs> it's interesting, though. I think that's really true because I know, I, you know, and I, and I would try to make someone who I found that you know, said they loved me, and then I would, I would have this image in my mind what that was supposed to look like, and I would think, oh, well, we'll get there, and then I would kind of justify how they were loving me now, always kind of in the back of my mind hoping that it would shift into this red piece of paper for me, and then the disappointment when it didn't. You know, and I, I just think it's, like you said, it's a huge topic, but I think, you know, the 
the psychology of love, too, plays into a lot of how we were raised and how we love ourselves. And even beyond how we were raised by our families, how we've been raised or socialized by our culture. Mm. So I, I know it's really interesting when I think back to growing up mm-hmm. and seeing TV images of what love looked like and mm-hmm. what families who loved each other looked like and how they acted. Right. But being an African-American child, looking at all of these, you know, Anglo people mm-hmm. on TV mm-hmm. in their suburban homes and their, you know, mod, mod, right. you know, what they, they wore. And, you know, and, and I knew that on the one hand, I knew it wasn't true. I mean, I, you know, I knew it wasn't quote unquote normal. I didn't know people who lived like that mm-hmm. or looked like that or acted like that. Right. And so it was it was a both and. On the one hand, I could see this might be a standard, but I also had so many other images, it didn't get locked in as the only way. Mm-hmm. And that turned out to be really good for me, that but I still good. got the messages of the bigger culture of mm-hmm. the, you know, this is what love looks like. If your mom or your dad loves you, this is what they will say and how they will behave. Mm-hmm. And, you know, interestingly enough, as a culture, we try to define love, and as a culture, we try to define God, and, you know, we limit it any time we try to define it in our own in our own way, in our own, you know, church, in our own home. Any time we try to define this is what love looks like or this is what God looks like, I think we, we limit that. And um, so, again, as we're talking about it, I'm reminded it's kind of hard to talk about it, but it is so important to think about and to look at, you know, how do we love and, and what are the messages, you know, society is giving now. And I, you um, bring up a good point. And, you know, I, I just think everybody has such a different experience sharing our experiences of how we were raised and what it was like is, is such a rich, rich thing to do. Yeah. So if we talk about love in the context of saying yes to spirit, it just seems like there's um, one way to get our arms around this and to be helpful around spiritual practices that can help you say yes to spirit is to, you know, look, it's always easy to look at extremes. Mm-hmm. So when do you really say yes to mm-hmm. spirit in terms of being loving or accepting love or giving love? Mm-hmm. And on the other end of the spectrum, when do you notice you don't Mm-hmm. Say yes to spirit. You don't give love. You withhold love. So you know, back in in February of 2010, when I was facilitating the series Free to Love, right? Mm-hmm. More people came up to me and said the line in the promotional piece that I wrote about it, when you know it was um, how to give love, receive love. What happens when you give love, receive love, behold love, and withhold love? Mm. And the withhold love, mm-hmm. the receive love, I have trouble receiving love. You know, that a lot of people said that, but even more people said they were intrigued by this idea of what's going on with themselves mm-hmm. when they withhold love, when they withhold love from people they really care about, when they withhold love from themselves when they withhold love. So maybe that's a really juicy place to to land for a little bit, that when we're withholding love, we are not saying yes to spirit. Right, right. And I can energetically absolutely tell when I'm withholding love from someone or from myself now because I really feel physically constricted. It's interesting. It really is interesting. And I think absolutely for me when I'm withholding love, it's because I'm in some state of fear. I'm in some sort of fear that I'm not going to get what I want or I'm not going to get what I need. And, and I think somehow that I've got to kind of close in the tents or circle up the, you know, the wagons. And, and that is exactly the opposite thing that's going to be able to open the, the floodgates for love to come in. Because when, when I'm withholding, there's no open avenue for anything to come in. So yeah. just by definition, that withholding from others 
is only blocking it from coming into myself. I agree with you that 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 fear is a big for me. I'm thinking just like in the last week of times when I was either withholding love or you know maybe not withholding it in a strong way, but just kind of stepping back a little bit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it was that kind of hunkering down, that kind of um, I, I've got to stay close to the Protect vest. I mean, we have language for that. Yeah. Keep your ideas close to the vest, right? right? Uh, you know, protect yourself or hold in mm-hmm. even. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was, so fear is, is, is definitely there that I'm afraid that somebody's going to judge me. Mm, right. I'm afraid that they're going to misunderstand me or I'm afraid that I'll come on too strong, mm-hmm. and so I kind of withhold the, the, the graciousness or the generosity that I want to put out there. Um, and then next to fear, the other example, another example came to mind just in the last week where it wasn't that I was afraid um, so much as I was in new territory. Mm. So I guess, that, I guess that's fear, too, fear of the unknown, fear yeah. of not sure how someone else is going to react. Yeah, I think we have a whole language of ways we talk about fear that we don't call it fear. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's like, oh, that's not fear. Oh, but yeah. It that's is. Core, it is. But we know what I'm saying. Like, yeah, yeah, it's not fear like I'm afraid I'm going to be hurt so much physically. Right. But I just don't know this person well enough, and so, which is totally opposite of one of my personal models, which is, I don't need to know who you are to be who I am. Awesome. Mm-hmm. So it's like exact opposite of that. Mm-hmm. But I, and I really believe I don't need to know who I am to, um, to who you are to be who I am, and I want to show up saying yes to spirit. I want to show up being yes. loved. Yes. So it really shouldn't matter who you are or how you take what I say or do, if mm-hmm. I'm coming from the right place. Right. Yet two examples that went through my mind as we were talking about this were both me kind of laying back a little bit because I wasn't sure how this other person would accept me doing something that was very loving mm-hmm. for them or with them or, you know. And it is interesting because that perception of other people, I think, sometimes trips us up when we're not really totally in that flow of the love. And I, I can remember when I first started 12-step programs a uh, long, long time ago, they'll talk about a uh, pink cloud period, where really when you start working the steps, there's something kind of euphoric about it that happens. And I think there's importance to that because then it empowers you to keep going when you hit that wall, which you eventually do a few months down the road. But but I was on a high every day. And I there was a song, and a, a course and a song that I heard last week on the radio that reminded me of that. The song said, what happened to all-consuming love? Mm, and nice. It, yeah. And at that point, I really, I was I was consumed in love. And people at work thought I was on drugs. I mean, people would literally come up to say, I mean, you know, nobody can be that happy. Listen, what's wrong with you? I mean, you know, it was like, it was almost like they were confronting me and and, and trying to, you know, make what I was doing wrong because I was just literally happy all the time. And, and, you know, that was really about a six or seven week period where there was just nothing that could possibly go wrong. And um, and I look back to that and I think that's how I want to live, you know, and I, I go in and out of that today. And But, you know, really when I'm on, when I'm in love, you know, there's just something. And when other people are on and in love, there's something glowing about them. It's like you have that pregnant glow, you know, when you're in that flow of that moment and I'm drawn to people like that and I you know can't get enough of people being hanging out with people like that and I want to be that person all the time wouldn't that be great wouldn't that be fun just saying I yes to spirit and being like spirit where one you want nothing more than to give mm-hmm. from a place of love right and be consumed by it. Isn't that a cool thing? What happened to all-consuming love? Just when I heard that chorus on that song, I was like, oh, my gosh, yeah. I want to be consumed in love. And that had that be all that I am. <laughs> I'm laughing because... Are you laughing with me? Right? Well, I'm laughing because, as you said that the last time, and you're sitting across from me, right? Mm-hmm. And so I just saw this fire, this flame, 
come up around you all consuming oranges and reds, but, you know, I can't see Leslie for the flame mm-hmm. cool of beans. love. Cool beans. Yeah, I think that, I just really think that energy <laughs> is just like fire. It catches on, just like fire. If I'm, and I experienced that, that time in my life where people at first thought I was doing drugs and was really concerned, but over time as they understood it was just real, it was just something innate in me that was happening, you know, they were drawn to that, and they were excited by that, and people wanted to have lunch with me. <laughs> it's like, you know, they, they, they well, got yeah, involved then I in wanted a little bit of that. Oh, yeah, I wanted to rub off on me. Right. I, want to, I want to know what you're doing. Right. And they say that about 12-step programs. It's a program of attraction, not promotion. And I really think that's true. As we live our lives in love, people are going to be attracted to us, and people are going to want to know, how do I get that? And that's really, I think, the message. You know, I want to be around people that are like that, and I want people to want to be around me because I'm expressing that. So, Right. Not just in words, but in also in action. Right, right. Which is what we do mm-hmm. and what we are encouraging people to do by saying yes to spirit. Um, so for me, there's kind of a link of what are the spiritual practices I'm asking myself this question, and and for those of you listening, I'm kind of asking you too, what are the spiritual practices that allow me, encourage me, fuel me, Mm -hmm. support me in being in that all-consuming love? Mm -hmm. You know, when I think about those minutes, when when that's where I am, Mm -hmm. you know, and those days or weeks if I'm lucky, but those minutes when I'm really clear, I am not just in, mm-hmm. but I am all-consuming love. Mm-hmm. What are the spiritual practices, you know, or how do the spiritual practices that I uh, participate in or that I live, mm-hmm. how do they help me do that? And so, of course, that leads us immediately back to meditation. Yes, clearing out the clutter, clearing out the the distractions, mm-hmm. and and having that reminder. Um, another thing that I do um, that really, I guess I hadn't thought about it until this moment as a spiritual practice, but I'm really careful about the music I play. You know, I've started to do that. Isn't it interesting you say that? That's a new thing for me. Talk about that for a minute. So when I'm thinking back, I always liked music, and I would always often have music playing in my home and in the car. Um, and then I got out of listening to music in the car, and I would listen to, you know, people talking, lectures or recorded sessions, and mm-hmm. you know, uh, self-help and, you know, educational kinds of things in the car. But I got into this practice a few years ago of on first designating Sundays as spiritual music, you know, when I was, from the moment I got up mm. to the time I went to bed, if I was at home, I would only listen to music that was spiritual in some way. Okay. So it could be gospel music. It could be Stephen Halpern, you know, instrumental music. It could Mm -hmm. be, um, you know, anything that had a spiritual message. And in the hours that I was at home, that would be the background of my life. Okay. That would be all that would come in. If I did watch a movie or a DVD, it had to be, you know, something spiritual, which Mm -hmm. now is so much easier with Spiritual Cinema Circle, Mm. you know, making sure Mm -hmm. that I I have spiritual movies or, um, you know, a a Michael Beckwith DVD or something. But it's going to be something that fuels my spiritual, that spiritual aspect of me. And I really hadn't thought about that as a spiritual practice, but I do. And now most of the music I listen to most of the time Mm-hmm. has a message. Now, you know, not 100% of the time, but probably 70% of the time. Isn't that interesting? Because I just kind of made that shift a few months ago. I, I have XM in my car. It came in my car, and I've never had all the array of choices there. But they have a Christian uh, station that just plays Christian music 24-7 mm-hmm. with no commercials. And then they have what they call spa radio, which is kind of, mm-hmm. you know, your, I don't know. Instrumental. instrumental kind of, you're right, right. And about a about three or four months ago, I really made just the conscious thought, that's the only kind of music I want to listen to in this car. And so, and I'm in my car a lot. And I was amazed at the difference in my breathing, 
yeah. in, in what happens within the chatter in my mind. And a couple of weeks ago, I thought, you know, I want to listen to some country. <laughs> I need to return to my roots and get some country. And so I put on some country, and I listened to it for like 10 minutes, and I thought, Oh, I depressing. I miss my Christian music. You know, so I went back and it's really, and you know what I'm fascinated too, because, you know, being in New Thought, listening to Christian music that's, you know, kind of talks more in a in a traditional Christian uh, tone, it's very easy for me to translate that, you know, and to hear ultimately really we're all saying the same thing. Exactly. And, you know, and so I don't really have a problem translating that in my mind, and it's a powerful Cool music for me. So thank you for mentioning that. And I just did that kind of naturally not that long ago, and it's made a big difference. And I know my uh, friend that's going through some different things, he used to listen to that head-banging, you know, heavy metal, you know, suicide music kind of thing. And, and he did that, and he talked about how it changed his mind. And I know back in the psych hospitals, we used to do music therapy. Now that I'm right. talking about it. So there is, we hook the kids up to biofeedback machines and show them how their body would react differently when they're listening to this really loud, really chaotic music, and then how their body would react when they listen to symphonies or different things. So that's really good that you brought that up, because that really does, and it even has a physical effect on us that I had kind of forgotten about. And that's always good when we can back up our spiritual <laughs> knowing with science. With science, now we feel really justified, right? Because just, now it's really validated, right? right. Instead of the other way around. Smart people said it, too, not just us, right? <laughs> I love it. So, yeah, I mean, of all the, you know, so much of what we do in our lives is or has the potential to be spiritual practice if we do it mindfully. Yes. And, you know, when my when I set the intention at the beginning of the year that this year one of my three most important intentions would be to be spiritual practice, not just mm. do spiritual awesome. practice. You know, I I have really paid more attention to a lot of the patterns that I've created mm -hmm. that truly are spiritual practices, like like mm -hmm. that one, being mm -hmm. very intentional about the music that I select, and and having some time set aside that maybe I've had a week where I've really been R and B and jazz music all week, or you know, I go skate roller skating, mm -hmm. and so I get a lot of R and B and hip hop you know, whatever the popular songs are. And, you know, maybe that will stick with me a couple of days and I'll wanna I'll turn on a radio station that has R and B, you know, and and same thing as what you were saying. I get to a point where it's like, Okay, that's enough of that. Mm -hmm. That was mm -hmm. good. That mm -hmm. was nice. It was like, you know, a little treat or a little dessert, but it's not the main meal. Right. It's not the entree of my life. Right. And then I'm, you know, back to a CD of, you know, that I've chosen that really helps ground me. And that's a way we can also kind of see growth. I think for me is, you know, how long do I keep the country music on in my life, you know, metaphorically. Yes. And, yes. and then how, how long does it take me to get back to, oh, no, this is going to be my choice now. You know, I really want this, this spiritual way of life to be my choice. And I kind of can go in and out of that pretty quickly sometimes. And to be able to do that without judgment, that the country music oh, in your life mm -hmm. is not a bad thing. Good point. It's a part of who yes. you are. Thank you, Tracy. Right. It's a part of who you are. And, <laughs> I, and I'm, I'm playing it right now, and I'm loving yes. it. Yes. And when I want to get, get to a different part of who I am, mm -hmm. then I need to put something different in my head, in my brain, and take, in, take it in differently. At least that's how it feels mm -hmm. for me. It's, mm -hmm. it's not that, you know, this, the other music is bad. It's like, okay, that's what I'm feeling right now. And that is an excellent point and an excellent reminder, and I can't remember her name, so you're going to have to listen next week so I can give her credit. But there's a Buddhist nun, I think I've got that right, that um, does some CDs that I've listened to, and she makes an interesting point and I want to say this correctly, but it's very subtle when I'm using that country music to avoid something or to block something yes. or to, you know, stay into my withhold and when I'm just really enjoying that, that country music. And she'll talk about with candy. She used the example of sometimes candy is just good and you just want to eat candy and it's just all good and you can just enjoy it. And sometimes that candy is, you know, avoiding or eating compulsively or eating to, you know, withdraw or eating to self-abuse. 
and that we are the only ones that really can know the difference. And again, paying attention to our bodies, paying attention to my little inner voice is the key for me. Is that country music? Am I just enjoying it? And I'm so glad you made that point because I should be able to enjoy it and I can enjoy it. But when am I using it as a an, as an escape or an excuse? Or Any chance that's a Pima Children? That's it. Thank you, Tracy, for being that's it, that's it, that's her. She's, the she's a Buddhist my, nun, am I right? She's a Buddhist nun. I love that. And her yes. writing and her awesome. recordings are Unbelievable. Awesome. Unbelievable. Awesome, awesome is the right word for that. And she sounds like she's like 23, 30, and she's in her 70s, I think someone said. I mean, she has such an engaging uh, voice and such an encouraging message. And that's another thing I like to do is, you know, that's another of my spiritual practices is listening to tapes, listening to people you know, getting exposed to different kinds of um, religions and how they talk about love and, and, and really opening my mind up to hearing different people's message on love because everybody talks, you know, all, all religions talk about love at some point and what they do. Well, that's a perfect segue into the, the golden rule across the world's religions oh. uh, because right. that is true that Every faith practice, every spiritual belief system, when you study them, has a, a basic tenet that is similar to what we call the golden rule. So if we went to the Baha'is and um, we read their sacred texts or their guide post texts, you would find this quote. Lay not on any soul a load that you would not wish to be laid upon you, and desire not for anyone the things you would not desire for yourself. Mm. And if we went to Confucius, we could find the quote, one word which sums up the basis of all good conduct, loving kindness. Mm. Do not do to others what you do not want done to yourself. And in the, um, in the teachings of Islam, not one of you truly believes until you wish for others what you wish for yourself. I mean, so we could go on and on, but in every faith practice, we're going to find that same thing, that it is your reason for being, or it is important for you mm -hmm. to be loved, to demonstrate the love of this higher power, not just to experience it for yourself, but to share it in your actions with others. Right. And 12 Steps have a wonderful saying when you're feeling bitter or resentful towards someone else. The uh, remedy is to spend 30 days and every day pray for that person what you want for yourself. Yeah. And put in their name. And it is an amazing practice when you do that. At the end of the 30 days, there's some energetic shift with that person. I've done it several times and it's never failed to just really shift the energy between me and that person. How long does it take you to get to the day where you're not resenting doing it? <laughs> <laughs> That's the point, isn't it? You're so tired of the, okay, I'm just going to forgive you and love you. <laughs> so I have to stop praying for you. Right, right, right. Well, let's take a little break, and then we'll come back and continue our conversation on love, maybe get another devotion in, and uh, we'll be right back. Call in during the show with your comments or questions, 347-850-1523.
Welcome back to Say Yes to Spirit, encouraging you on your spiritual path. And um, I found a devotion that talked about, when I talked about the meditation, that uh, really started clearing my way into some more deep, um, centered experience. The, uh, the practice was having the mala beads, which do you probably smart to know the history of the mala beads. I do not. Well, for the purpose of today, let's just, the mala beads are often used in Buddhist meditation. It's a string of beads, 108 beads, and 108 is a sacred number, and we'll talk more about that in a, in a future show. But there are 108 beads on a string, and you use them by saying a prayer or an affirmation for each bead. On each bead, right, right. And... Um, May I just say that I love you, Tracy, while we have a moment? Because you really, I, I will start a conversation in my head, and I'm thinking, I have no idea, I'm not going to be smart, but Tracy will know, and you have never failed to know the spiritual. <laughs> so I, I appreciate your journey has, has taught you so much. And um, so when I learned how to use the mala beads, this is the uh, mantra that we used, and it's how I start off this devotion. This devotion is called Live Out Loud. There is just one life. That life is God's life. That life is perfect. That life is my life now. There is just one life. That life is God's life. That life is perfect. That life is my life now. There is just one life. That life is God's life. That life is perfect. That life is my life now. Saying my morning mantra, I thought, I don't feel the strength of the words as I usually do. I then realized I was saying the words in my head and not out loud. When I started saying the sentence out loud, I felt the words in a much more powerful way. I thought about the time I spend talking out loud with friends, family, and random people I stand next to in the line at Tom Thumb. I have a hunch God's energy can flow through the spoken word very strong. When I choose words filled with love, light, and positive encouragement, my words flow from a very powerful place, the place of God within me. Through my words, I can let God live out loud. And I, I really, you know, that was such an interesting thing for me to see. And a lot of times I'll, no, this won't surprise Tracy, I'll talk to myself out loud. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I have conversations. It does, it's, it's a different, it's a shift when I'm, I'm speaking something out loud and when I'm rattling it around in my head and, um, and, and expressing things out loud and living love out loud, you know, really expressing that verbally through my actions, through my words. I think it takes a, a very powerful turn when I do it out loud. Absolutely. I agree with you 100%. And I think it applies in all aspects of our life. And sometimes we don't think to apply it from a spiritual point of view. You know, we think we'll just say a quick prayer in mm -hmm. our head or we'll hear an affirmation going on in our head and not actually speak the words, but the words we say out loud do carry so much weight because we're not just thinking them, but our brain is also mm -hmm. hearing it come back to itself. Okay. You know, and so um, I think a lot, I, I made the connection in my head about some of the work that I do with clients around diversity and inclusion. And, mm -hmm. you know, people will say, you know, words, sticks and stones can break your bones, but words will never hurt you. And why do people get so upset when you say, when they're called names, that they know it's not true about them or, you know, that mm -hmm. kind of thing. Right. But it is the power of the word, mm -hmm. hearing it, knowing, ascribing a meaning to it, and hearing it is like reinforcing that. Mm -hmm. And so if we don't do that for ourselves, yes, if we don't do that for ourselves, the messages that we're trying to program into us about what's important won't be as strong. And then I love the connection you made of then when we're talking to other people, you know, what I wrote down was what words have I said today? Mm. You know, that would be a really interesting at near the end of the day, you know, sitting down and mm -hmm. just not so much writing it all down, but going back, replaying mm -hmm. the conversations I've had with different people during the day 
and saying, what words did I use today? What did I say today to others? And did they represent love? See, that's a powerful, that's a huge spiritual practice for me, is taking that inventory at night, you know, and seeing how did I show up in the world today? Yeah. That, oh, I love that. I love the, the idea of that, but I also love the power of doing that and holding yourself accountable, which goes back to, you know, your favorite thing about we are always at choice. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I have a choice to review what I said today. Yes. Check in what percentage of that was said or done in love mm-hmm. and make a commitment to do at least that or better tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, that'd be a cool way to chart growth too. It would be, you know, over time, how your day changes as you make a more conscious decision choice. Mm-hmm. And how do you? How do we? How do I talk to myself? And self love, you know. Again, I think, at least for me, you know, that was a powerful part of my journey was getting through the psychology of of going from self hate to self love, mm-hmm. and. Um, and I encourage people to do that cheaply, you know, more cheaply than I did. That took me way too much money. So I think take the spiritual path, right, to that. Because, um, you know, a lot of people spend a lot of money on therapy getting to that point. But I think that there's a lot that can be done through our spiritual program that can teach us to love ourselves. And if we're around spiritual people who love us, I can remember a time when I was so much in self-hate that even when I would walk into a church or walk into a spiritual center, that that I would just become emotional because the energy of the love in the room was too much for me. I got I was like, oh no, I don't deserve this. I can't have this, and I would have to leave early. And 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 so I think if we can get into a spiritual community that is love, it, it in itself energetically helps transform some of the self things that we might have going on that aren't positive. Because I do think that such an important part of love is learning to love ourselves and really experiencing a deep sense of self-love. Whenever I think about self-love, and we are going to have to do a complete show just on Mm self-love because my brain is like, you know, just going in overtime here. Um, But whenever I think about self-love, I think about the old rock song, rock and R&B song, Love the One You're With. Uh Uh-huh. Which is a little weird because, you know, if you know the lyrics, if you can't be with the one you love, love the one you're with, mm-hmm. you know, we all we often listen to those lyrics and think it's about the other person. Mm-hmm. You know, if I can't be with the one I really love, I'll go out with this person or I'll have sex with this person mm-hmm. or I'll go, you know. But really, whenever I think of that song now mm-hmm. at this stage of my life, of my spiritual maturity, I think... Wow, that is so true. If I can't love the one I'm with, and the only one I'm with all the time is yes. me, you know, I I need to. If I can't be with the one I love, I need to love the one I'm with, and that's me. And I can never be with someone else mm-hmm. and truly love them if I don't love myself first. So that that whole take on self love and being love in the world really does come back to mm-hmm. what am I doing to love myself mm-hmm. and, and how do I make those you know that part of my daily practice too not to forget myself and you know when in reality self. everything we do that spiritual practice is is like right wrapping ourselves in self-love good point yes yes even in, when we're not thinking about it mm-hmm. it's loving ourselves into a state of love mm-hmm. It's loving ourselves and, and moving away all the things that take us away from spirit. Mm-hmm. And so for that reason alone, daily spiritual practice and then knowing spiritual practice um, actions you can take when life, you know, rears its claws, rears its head and, and sticks out its claws and seems to be attacking you, you know, what do you do then? I love it. You said seems to be attacking you. I like that. Yeah, because it is. Uh, it is our choice then to see how we see that as an attack or as an opportunity. You know, and um, I thought of something while you were talking. It at the end of your emails, a lot of times Tracy will say I period love period you period, and when I read that, it really is interesting because <laughs> it causes me to stop after every word and really let that in. 
And how many times in a day do we tell each other, I love you, I love you. I always say I love you. I will say I love you to the Whataburger person. You know, and they'll kind of look at me like, oh, my goodness. But, you know, I say that a lot, and I really mean it. I mean, I really do love that Whataburger person. And as crazy as that sounds, I feel love for that person. But, you know, how many times do we stop and let it in? And when you put those periods after each word, it is so powerful. I'll save those emails. I'll go back and I'm like, I love you. are like, oh, Tracy loves me. You know, I mean, I'll use that as an affirmation, you know. Okay, fine. But it is, it's interesting. And we say that a lot. But do we stop? Do we let it in? Do we feel it? And then, you know, when we say it, do we really say it slow enough to get people to really engage with its meaning? Do we say it slow enough to remind ourselves that we really mean it? Yes, I mean, yes. That, uh-huh. that is you know, so important. And and then there's that voice in, in my head saying, you say it a lot, I say it a lot, but how many people we know hardly ever say I love you to someone? Isn't that interesting? Yes. I mean, most people I know have been socialized away from saying mm-hmm. it, like you're only supposed to say it when you're in a romantic love relationship with someone who you're you may or may not be acting loving towards. Yes. When did love become sex? You know, somehow we've attached that, that, you know, and when love is so much more. Exactly. Or, well, I believe it's so much more. Mm-hmm. I was going to say or should be, but <laughs> it's hard for me to say the should word. Yes. I, I, it, it, when I start to say it, it's like, should, uh, how do I know what should be? Yeah, but I believe point. that love is much bigger. Yes, to me. Much, yes. much bigger than that not taking anything away from sex in any shape, way, shape, yeah, or no. form, but it's not a, it's not a synonym mm-hmm. for love. For love, right, right. And when we live from a spiritual base, when we live from a, being grounded in spirit, we know that love is, is so much bigger than that. So um, let's take a 30-second break, and then we'll come back and uh, go through through the last five minutes of the show. We'll talk about next week. Oh, yeah, and we'll figure out what we're going to talk about next week. Encouraging you on your spiritual path with Tracy and Leslie. And um, we always try to spend the last five minutes kind of looking a little bit towards next week so people can start thinking about that as well as looking at love in your week. And again, like Tracy said, I really think you know we'll have several other um, topics and, and times to talk about love. Did you find something else about love to read? Well, I'm just always um, reminded that when... We talk about spiritual grounding and mm-hmm. saying yes to spirit mm-hmm. that we believe um, that spirit is big and that all paths lead to God, yes. and that people who are listening to the show come from a variety of spiritual practices and i one of the things that I love is making the connection between the metaphysical approach that that you and I both practice with a more traditional Christian base. And, and yeah. I have many friends who would describe themselves as Christians who are very spiritual. Right. You know, who have really delved into. And so I think there's a lot of overlap. And my friends who are uh, Muslim who also, you know, have, have taken a deep dive below the surface of just the language or the surface of just the scripture or the surface of just the words to what are the practices. And that's where I think spirituality comes through. 
So when we talk today about love and, and love being one of the ways that we say yes to spirit, um, I just um, want to make that connection that we are talking about the love message mm-hmm. that comes from every faith practice. And in, in the book of John in the Bible, uh, one of the quotes is, love is an essence, an atmosphere, which defies analysis as does life itself. It is that which is and cannot be explained. It is common to all people, to all animal life, and evident in the response of plants to those who love them. Love reigns supreme over all. The essence of love, while elusive, pervades everything, fires the heart, stimulates the emotions, renews the soul, and proclaims the spirit. Only love knows love, and love knows only love. Words cannot express its depth or meaning. A universal sense alone bears witness to the divine fact. God is love, and love is God. Awesome. That is perfect. That's a perfect way to end this part of love, you know, because that is a, it's a powerful reading. It's the impulse of life. It is indeed. Yes. So next week is faith. Next week is faith. Faith. Which is kind of an interesting follow-up to love, because I think when I think about faith, in a way it's almost like a, a practice towards reminding myself of love and, and keeping a, in a state of faith. I wonder, I think I'm going to make that up, state of faith. I haven't heard that. And the Tuesday faith. nights again are uh, 10.30 to 11, and you kind of Central sign time. Central time. Come back on to the to this same site, and uh, we'll give you some meditation that you can also put on the archive so that, if you're like me, I I know William, is it William Dyer? Wayne, <laughs> Wayne Dyer. Dyer. I got the W right. Wayne Dyer has a, a meditation CD that I listen to some and, and use his voice and uh, some of the techniques that he has when I'm kind of blocked or not able to get into a meditative state. So this could be something you could keep on your computer, I guess, and listen to at various times if you're... Yeah, and there's all different kinds of meditation. And so it is nice to sometimes have something that's guided or focused on a specific theme. And we'll just give you a little something-something to to take with you or put in your meditation tool kit on uh, Tuesday night. Some part of the daily practice. Absolutely. And um, we also have uh, other topics coming up um, in future weeks, and we still have uh, the opportunity to add your topics. So please send us an email or make write a comment on the show page if you have a particular topic or thought related to saying yes to spirit. And you never know. We'll just weave that into the sequence and the schedule, and your idea, your thought, or your question can become a part of our show as well. I, uh, you know, I appreciate thought? the idea. Speaking of love today, I really appreciate that reminder in my life. And what you just read about the animals, you know, that to me is an amazing source of unconditional love in my life. And to be able to surround myself with uh, people and animals that are loving, that are reminders of that love, is just an amazing thing. So I thank you, Tracy Brown, for being a part of my life. And I'm going to go home and hug on all my animals and thank them and uh, <laughs> just become conscious of, of how loved I am. So very cool. Yeah, and for me, today's show has been the reminder that love is so big and at the same time it's so small. It's the one word mm-hmm. that I love is the one thought that I have. Love is who I am, and so it doesn't really have to be all that complicated. Yes. You know, so it's just been a great reminder for me. And let's close out with um, a quote from Mary Ann Williamson, if I can find it quickly. Let's see how quickly I can find it. Marianne Williamson says that we are not held back by the love we didn't receive in the past, but by the love we're not extending in the present. 
And Leslie and I want to encourage you to say yes to spirit by extending all the love you can today, tomorrow, and for the rest of your life. Alexa, play Whitney Houston. Okay. With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need. Get access to over 50 million songs. Download the Amazon Music app today.